at some point your time in Sangin, you uh, you came across a dog mm-hmm. who we now know as as Fred. I know. Let's see if you wake up. Come here, Fred. <laughs> Come here, bud. I'll get up in a second. Yeah. So yeah, that, of course, as if things weren't complicated enough and in, in saying, and I, you know, this, here comes this funny, uh, this funny little dog trotting across the battlefield. And we had all spotted him at one point or another. Um, those first two weeks were, were pretty intense. Um, you know, the Taliban were really, they had a lot of resources. They had a lot of numbers. They had great cover and concealment um, to launch uh, attacks on our, on our spot. And, um, and I, through, you know, the grace of, the grace of God, some luck. And what I really attribute to just a really incredible leadership and bravery from those recon guys we didn't lose a guy um, while units around us, you know, hadn't been as lucky. Um, those guys were able to, whether we would have, you know, 150 to 200 fighters attacking our little compound, the best we could have just because of how the compound was laid out. And it was only two rooftop positions that would face the, the where the attack was coming from. We could maybe have eight Marines fighting back. Wow. And that's, that takes, that takes a lot of things, but the biggest one I think it takes is discipline because they would let them, they would let them get comfortable. They would let the Taliban kind of fall into place and, and maybe think that they had them pinned down. Meanwhile, they're communicating the whole time about and exposing themselves to, so they could see, you know, where they were moving and shooting from. And then, and then when we would, if we did call in artillery or when we did return fire, we knew they knew exactly where to point everybody's guns. And that was just incredible. Um, and after about two weeks, the Taliban was like, we heard them, you know, talking over the radio, like, just don't go, don't fight those guys, <laughs> like fight <laughs> go down the road, you know, and fight somebody else. Like it's don't just, they started just literally avoiding us. And they started to just, instead of fighting us, they just in place IEDs. They tried to, to li- they tried to limit our movement, but so they, they were just out there in placing IEDs, just a huge belt around us. And, um, and yeah, in the middle of all that was this dog, um, you know, and, and I'd be cleaning my gun and, uh, getting some water and, and I'd see him kind of trotting around and it would always just make me smile. Cause he was so unlike any other dog I'd seen. Um, and just so unlike his environment, um, you know, he had this glow about him and this, this, it was like he was gliding, you know, through the dust. Um, and it just made me, made me smile. And so, um, yeah, after, after everything kind of calmed down, I walked over to him and, and, uh, you know, I, I, I just couldn't help it. I, I, you know, I had a piece of beef jerky and I was like, let's just see, let's see what he does, you know? And, and I've always been a dog, a dog lover. And, uh, although I'd never had one of my own, um, my dad, my dad said, uh, you know, I couldn't have a dog when I was a kid because he would, you know, the classic dad line is, you know, I'm going to end up walking it, I'm going to end up taking care of it. And so I, and I could never quite get past that, no matter how hard I tried. Um, and so I, I go walking towards him with a piece of beef jerky, and and I hear this thump, 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 you know, and and uh, he's wagging his tail, and I was about to turn around because as I got closer to him, he was covered in bugs. I could see, you know, all the bugs crawling on him, and his fur was all matted and dust and, and, um, 
And, uh, you know, I was like, you can't just, you know, walk up on a dog like this. He's not going to be friendly to you. And he's not like a dog back home. And, and then I heard that whap, 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 you know, coming from him. And, and I saw that tail wagon. I was like, all right, you know, I'll give him a shot and got a little closer and, and, um, held the jerky out. And he surprised me again, because just as gently as he could, he stood up and, and with his front teeth, he very politely kind of accepted the jerky, you know, almost like with a bow, you know, and he chewed it very contently and slowly, despite obviously being starving, you know, and, and that just blew me away. Cause I mean, even the best behaved, best, you know, well-fed dog back home will take a ring off your finger for a piece of jerky, you know, and here this guy is, you know, starving and, and um, and he still had these manners and uh, I gave him some rubs and kind of talked to him for a little bit. And, and what's amazing about that moment. And I think anybody that, that, that loves animals or appreciates animals, you know, uh, can attest to this. It's like just in that moment, just talking to him and kind of giving him a rub and a little attention, like the, all the chaos and violence and, and uncertainty around me kind of melted away, you know, and that's what, that's what dogs do. That's what animals do for us, you know? And, and, um, but just as quickly as it melted away, it kind of snapped back and I was like, wait a minute, like you can't just, you know, I wasn't sure how the recon guys would feel about it. You know, I didn't want to push it. <clears throat> so I stood up and started walking back to where my stuff is. And, and I feel a little poke down at my heel and, and, uh, and it was Fred, you know, and he's, what well, he, he didn't have his name yet, but it, here, you know, he's following me back to my stuff. And, um, one of the other Marines said, Hey, it looks like you made a friend, but I misheard him. Um, I heard, Hey, he looks like a Fred. And so, uh, I was like, yeah, we'll call him Fred. Fred works. And, uh, so that's, that's how he got his name. It was kind of by accident. And he was instantly a part of the, of the unit. Everybody loved him. Um, when we would go on night patrols, he would follow along and, and kind of herd us through the fields and through the canals and he never barked or gave us away. And, um, when it came time to, uh, to get extracted and brought back to, to camp Leatherneck for a little break, everybody was like, you got to try, you, we got to try to get him out. We got to figure out a way. And, and, uh, I was terrified, uh, but we, we did it. We made it happen. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pelham Place. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and please rate and review the show wherever you choose to listen. You can find me on social media at Pelham Place Show or email me at Pelham Place Show at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and be safe.